0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the eighth chapter. Then Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. I love how useful the internet can be. It can tell you all kinds of things. Like, what are the top things you need to do in order to sell an idea? See if these make sense to you. Number one, make it personal. When you're trying to sell an idea, the best way to position it is to focus on how your idea will impact the person you're targeting. Two. Sell yourself, although did you know that only 18% of the population believes that salespeople are actually trustworthy? Woot. Tell stories, which are much more impactful than data. Be transparent. This goes back to that trustworthy stuff. You already have things stacked against you. Highlight your unique selling proposition. How are you so much better than everyone else? Showcase the ROI. Well, I had to use the internet to look that up. It, remained, it means return on investment. And when you share those, those stories, make sure they're about success. You don't want to talk about the failures and how challenging it is. And finally, create comfort. Did you get all that? Well, apparently, Jesus did not. Our gospel for today is Jesus selling the idea that the Messiah must suffer, be rejected, killed, and after three days, rise again. Although, hold on to that part about rising again as if it just cancels out all the bad stuff Jesus said would happen. And that to follow him, one must deny oneself Take up the cross, which he realizes is an instrument of torture and death, and lose their life. Obviously, Peter recognized that this is not the way to recruit followers. And I would venture to say that this is not the way that we would do it to get people on board buying what we are trying to sell. Think about all the commercials and ads we hear and see. I don't know if anybody's brave enough to admit that they primarily watch the Super Bowl to see the ads rather than the action on the field. But it's all about how this product will make you richer or happier or healthier or more fulfilled or whatever. Who is going to pay for an ad that says, if you follow this method, if you follow this person, life is gonna be tough and challenging. And instead of comfort, you're just gonna suffer. In the midst of all the voices in our society that try and sell us all kinds of ideas, products, people, there is this alternative voice God's voice through Jesus that we are invited to hear. A voice that is very clear and transparent, if we will just be still. Jesus' ways are not our ways. Follow him. And that is the theme of my sermon. Jesus' ways are not our ways. Follow him. Again, to be clear and transparent, we need to realize and recognize that the message of Jesus is incredibly radical, countercultural, and yes, even controversial. We live in a society where we constantly hear that our goal is to become great our values are being strong, successful, influential, wealthy, independent, free to live our lives however we want to, although that freedom seems to apply more to to certain people than others, but that's a topic for another sermon. Well, of course, who wouldn't want all of these things? Isn't that how it's always been? Isn't that what we as humans are striving for? Do we really think that Peter was wrong for rebuking Jesus when instead of talking about how great and powerful the Messiah is, overthrowing the Roman oppressors, making Israel a great free nation again, Jesus talks about suffering and dying? And yes, as I mentioned, Jesus does include the promise that in three days he will rise again. But think about this. In the Gospel of Mark, which is where this comes from, there is no story of a resurrection appearance. The Gospel ends with the women coming to find the tomb empty and then fleeing and telling no one anything because they were afraid the end. Now that does not mean that the resurrection, of course, did not happen. But what it meant was that this early community had to live with the hope and the trust, not evidence, of the resurrection in a time when the temple the symbol of their religious authority was destroyed in 70, the same time this gospel was written. So you can see why Peter didn't just latch on to this, oh, everything's gonna be okay because of the resurrection. From my perspective, a human way of thinking, Peter's reaction is totally understandable. God forbid, Jesus, that you should suffer and die. That's not the way to win, and that is certainly not the way to get people to follow you. What is surprising, in fact, it is very jarring, is that Jesus then turns around and rebukes Peter and calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. I don't think there's any way to soften that. Talk about mean words, right? Why such a strong reaction on Jesus' part? Because Peter is setting his mind on human things, listening to those human voices, buying into all those human values instead of listening to God. It is important that you realize this, Peter, that you hear that we are called to live in a radically different way with a different set of values because to do otherwise is to participate in the work of Satan, not God. Wow, (laughs) that ought to make us all pretty uncomfortable. What voices are we listening to? Hmm? Are they gods? Or are they other voices, maybe ways that Satan is at work in our world? So then what is this voice of God, this divine way of Jesus that we are called to not only pay attention to, but to follow? I found very helpful in a commentary by Brent Drigger, where he said, the real epiphany of Mark 8 is not that Jesus' mission is to die, but that his faithfulness to God's healing mission will inevitably lead to his death. In Mark, Jesus must die because his commitment to human healing will not falter. Essentially, Mark is saying that the Son of God, I love this, will not dial down his ministry to spare his own life. His commitment to the healing of humanity literally knows no limits. And neither, Easter, the resurrection tells us, does God's life-giving power. That is Jesus' way. Healing. Healing that knows no limits, no walls, no barriers. Healing that leaves no one outside of God's love. Healing that is a life-giving power. Not a power to dominate or control or be great, but a power to care, to serve, to build justice and peace. A power that is humble and hospitable and embraces and connects us with all of life. It can be really hard to hear God's voice in the midst of all the voices that bombard us. We live in such a divisive society these days with so many loud and demanding, almost like shouting, that are so focused on individual rights rather than communal responsibility. So ready to condemn rather than to work together. So concerned about being right or great rather than humble and hospitable. And let's be clear about this way, for Jesus and for us. This way got Jesus killed. You're not gonna win a popularity contest this way. So why in the world would we want to follow this way and listen to this voice which is so at odds with the easy, comfortable let's just go along to get along. Where's the comfort? Where is the return on our investment? Participation in God's reign. A God of love of life, of joy, of grace, where there is a place for all, where those who are viewed and ignored as being least are honored, where we are free to be all of who God created us to be, unicorn or not, where we celebrate God's incredible diversity, where we do find peace beyond understanding, deep healing in our lives, in our true connection to all of creation. This way of life does mean standing up and standing out, speaking up and speaking out, and at times making ourselves and others uncomfortable. But we don't do that simply to make people mad. That's no fun, having people mad at you. We do that because we cannot live our lives being so careful trying to appease everybody else live all their expectations rather than god's could that be what jesus is talking about that we have to lose our lives let go from all of that other stuff trying to tell us who we ought to be so that we can actually save our life, the life that God intends for us. That's the life Jesus offers, a way to fully embrace all of who we are created to be, trusting God, not the bullies, above everything else, by loving and letting that love flow through us. And this is no sales pitch, my friends. (laughs) This is a God who loves you so profoundly and so deeply that this God wants you to have life that is truly life. This is more than a return on our investment. This is grace. Amen.